Game Changers Media Network, Game Changers Magazine, Voices of the Village Podcast. And today I'm with State Rep El Mahad. How you doing today, El? Hey, it's all good. Glad to be here. And uh, so, yeah, folks know, uh, you know, just as a small introduction, El Mahad Holly, uh, Georgia State Representative, House District 116, uh, which for right now is located. Uh, in Henry and Clayton counties, but I'm sure we'll get into that soon. Okay, okay, all right. Now, man, you know we're just gonna jump right in it, man. Because okay, we on. we killed for time. And, Let's do it. You know, I'm pretty sure people have a lot of questions. You know, Henry County, Progressive County. You cover this district. Mm -hmm. We have different. I mean, it's a different vibe in Henry County now. It is. Tell it us is. about the transition because you know. Tell us about the transition. What happened in Henry County over the past four to eight years yeah. with the new development? So actually, you know, it's good for us to start there because even when we get into a discussion about the voting maps, okay. that explains a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, Henry County, largely over the years, uh, was an agrarian county based its, much of its economy uh, on farmers, uh, agriculture, okay. and even had kind of small businesses in the area. Okay. Uh, but it was largely a county known uh, for being a primary source for agriculture. Right, right. And then... Uh, over the years, uh, we've seen that, uh, and I'm talking to a lot of the farm families in the area, uh, when I had to go out and, and knock on their doors and go to their meetings and talk to them, okay. and uh, revealing me that this county has seen a lot of growth from all over the nation. Uh, really, it's not just Atlanta. It's literally people from everywhere, all parts of the country, and even overseas uh, in the islands. They came to Henry County over the I'd say probably over the last maybe 10, 15 years okay. because people wanted to live so closely to Atlanta, but they didn't want to pay for Atlanta prices for their housing. Right, right. And so because of that huge influx of new people, and then even the farmers themselves try to leave their land to their kids. The kids didn't want to do any of the hard labor anymore and wanted to have a simpler life. So that's really, it paints the picture for not only our population growth, but also even just the story of how the businesses in our area are being transformed going into uh, you know not only just a small business small business enterprise are still in our area uh, but we also see uh, a, a large presence of distribution facilities uh, warehouses uh, we also see a good number of multi-family apartment complexes that are being built in the area okay. and because you just have a huge population influx that has come into Henry County. So that's where that kind of just puts us where we have seen that not only remain uh, impactful on a residential level, okay. uh, but you know, it's also, I think, what has changed the climate politically. Oh, wow, wow. Now, when it comes down to Henry County, we know everybody's moving here like you explained. We have an influx of people here. I mean, traffic is like never before. You used to ride a horse through Henry County. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I okay. mean, look, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. Okay. Tell me about, you know, we're building. Yes. 
we, we, you know, and people, the, the, the political candidate, the political representatives are saying the more we build, the more people we bring here, we'll be able to attract the top golf, the main event, mm -hmm. the uh, those bigger names, the Papa Do's. Mm -hmm. But right now, Henry County citizens are not seeing that payoff at this present moment. And then, you know, we've been, you know, kind of fed this story for over the past five to six years, you know, this narrative. Well, yeah. And what I would say to that, there's a lot of other factors that are involved that uh, have uh, do not lend itself to talk of, of you know what ethnic group is coming in or what okay. city they're coming from you know we have to look at uh, I think that the backbone for uh, everything that we have from having a really good house to having a really good job and okay. a place to live it, it really stems on education which is right, you right. know which is great uh, because even us coming and, and having this dialogue in a library, okay. which has been really key to my development, okay. I think it just proves it even further that education is, is what really starts as a foundation for the success of local families. Right. But yet when you look at Henry County, okay. and when you know, less than 26% of our residents uh, have gone to college and have a bachelor's degree, and then there's the technical college program that is available, because not saying everybody has to go to college, right, right. but um, even for um, the technical schools in the area, they're having a hard time attracting talent into them. Right, right. And uh, we also have our trade schools, our unions, right. uh, which have been able to provide opportunities. And when they're having a struggle to be able to be uh, inputted into the curriculum, make available for students in our area, then what happens is that only certain jobs are made available, okay. uh, but but oftentimes they may not pay uh, people for the skills uh, that people possess. Right, and right. oftentimes they need to be uh, when you when you have a, a only an economy that only bases its uh, market on just select job opportunities. Okay, but it doesn't elevate people beyond that. Right, then what happens? is that there's a limit on okay. the amount of growth of that local people and that creates the economic picture okay. that, that literally uh, banks and the financial industry and even the labor market is, is looking at and that's what they determine as to what is Henry County's economic picture. I know that's very complex, right. but that's really, uh, that's the way in which other communities outside of our county right, right. base whether or not they're going to invest their money locally. They have to look at those factors. Well, you're absolutely, and I could definitely see where you're going with that. You know, we were definitely drawn out here um, by the education system and mm -hmm. what we were told by the education system. Now we see that classrooms are overpacked. Oh, man. Now we see that not just classrooms being overpacked, you know, we're having to build extra schools. It's increasing traffic. Yeah. School zones are crazy now. Like you, every people are getting tickets every other month because the school zones are just like everywhere now. You know what I mean? When um, and, and and let's look at that. Let's mm -hmm. look at this picture. You know, we're building homes. We're building. We're building homes. The infrastructure's not quite there. Mm -hmm. You know, but what do you see as far as not? I mean. We're throwing apartments up. We're throwing homes. So, yeah, like, me, it's kind of like going in a rat race. So Tell let me you. just, uh, and actually, let me, before I address that, okay. I'm going to add uh, some context. Okay. Much of what we do in the county itself, uh, we have a backdrop of the state of Georgia. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. So like, so, you know, what we found, I know my 
fellow colleagues, whether Republican or Democrat in the state house and the state Senate, we realize that for Georgia, uh, we don't spend money or where we at least express oftentimes that our priority needs to be. Okay. You know, okay. a third of the budget goes towards public education. Okay. But it's, and this is really sad for what I'm about to say. Right. Uh, we have not updated the formula uh, that is applied to that state budget that funds public education since 1985. Oh, wow. So literally, we're paying for 2024 expenses with 1985 money. It only goes but so far. Definitely, right? Definitely. So and so because of that, even the even the the bumps in pay for teacher and state administration, mm -hmm. while those are good, in truth, we know that administrators are always going to the store and buying uh, school supplies okay. for kids in the class because they they are committed to seeing those kids win. But but it's not enough. So that's the backdrop of the state where the state doesn't really prioritize public education in the way that it should. Okay. And so what happens is that at our county level, when we see that the resources are dire, okay. then um, it paints a very different picture to those who want to create economic opportunities in the county. Okay. Right. Okay. So, you know, there's a reason why you've heard talk of the school to prison pipeline. Right. Right. That literally that. Uh, there are, <laughs> there are, there's a correlation between uh, the reading levels at a third grade, uh, the literacy rate at a third grade level, and the number of cells that are built in our prisons. Okay. Right. There's because if we don't invest in the education, then we are limiting the opportunities for people to succeed and to take care of themselves and their families once they graduate from our schools. Definitely. Well, that now is that dire need is reflected in the types of opportunities uh, in the workforce that are locally around us. Okay. And so it, it unfortunately breeds a cycle. We're, there's ways to combat that, okay. but a reliance on making sure that that tax dollar will return to us in a way that's going to benefit our households, you know, that... Uh, that reliance, unfortunately, has not been, uh, it, it, it leads people on a road to seeing uh, deficiencies in where their tax dollars are going. And okay. that's why people are upset. So you have that as a problem. Right. When you have uh, these uh, you know, corporate Wall Street companies right. who are buying blocks and blocks of small homes, starter homes, okay, and, and that's what you have in a lot in, in our area. Right, right, uh, right. It, you know, these larger corporations, and when they buy them up, which they're freely able to do, yeah. uh, but they raise the rents as well as raising the prices um, that unfortunately make it hard for couples or families to be able to afford their own house right, in the right, area. Right. It drives the market level up, and so what you see by and large is that if you don't invest in people's education locally, okay, and you're we're not making it so that even though we have a large influx of people who are moving in, okay, but they're not able to keep a, a, a good amount of the money to be able to save up to be able to uh, uh, create better opportunities for themselves or their families, right? Then you have people who are on paper their residents, okay. but they're still very much tenants in their community. They don't really have much of an ownership stake because there's not much for them to own 
if the market is, again, if it's oversaturated by these big corporations right. who are coming in buying up properties and there's not enough available in the job aspect because people uh, don't have the skills that are required for the jobs. That's something that's a problem. Um, and we just have to make sure that we prioritize people's livelihoods uh, by investing in our education and making sure that people can be able to access the housing market uh, very fairly. Now, when we go with Henry County in that housing market and in that education system, right now, mm -hmm. Henry County citizens are seeing an increased tax bracket yeah. where it's almost unaffordable, where you can even afford your house. I mean, a, not a lot of us even know that we have a homestead ex exemption in yeah. place, you know, to avoid some of those taxes. However, we're looking at a place where we're almost going backwards to 2008, where you remember when Wells Fargo mm -hmm. and all those banks yeah. were selling these loans? The, the housing bubble County burst. And it exactly. burst. And you had a bunch of people from New York and Chicago buying houses in Henry County. We, we, you remember this, mm -hmm. 2008, 2000. Mm -hmm. It was around that time. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, we saw the market just crash and houses just going to market like now. But it's like we're starting to see that over again in 2024, not through the banks, but through the system of taxation, through the system of this economic base where people move down here for the education system to have the five bedroom home, two, mm -hmm. three car garage, mm -hmm. live peacefully with the picket right. fence. Absolutely. And now it's like, man, can we afford to stay here? Right. I mean, and, and what we saw is people had been hurting. Okay. But I think uh, when the pandemic occurred, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, it shined a light on a lot of deficiencies that were just lurking in the background. And right, just right. now, because when people got sick and they couldn't come to work and businesses had to lay off people and, uh, and you had a lot of businesses that shuttered, that okay. did not return, all it did was it caused us to focus on what were our basic level economies that were still able to sustain themselves. Right. And, and even a lot of small businesses uh, that were hurt, you know, by those numbers. Okay. And so, you know, it creates a situation whereby we need to assess what actually works for us. Okay. And, and so that's that's the situation within which we find ourselves now. And as a state, we have to make a our county's ability to survive in those tough times, we have to make that a priority. So, for instance, when you know when I was elected okay. and uh, I was the state representative for Locust Grove, you know we worked with uh, the local city council there to implement a homestead exemption. Uh, currently, uh, Locust Grove doesn't have a property tax because the businesses in the area are able to really uh, support the local economy enough to where. Uh, that is not the case. But that doesn't mean that it's, it's always going to be a case where uh, seniors uh, will not have to pay for that property tax. Okay. So, you know, we did a homestead exemption for them. I think even I uh, worked with a Republican uh, in that area to uh, implement a, a community improvement district. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, there's, there's other ways in which we can help our county thrive. So, for instance, uh, this past year, uh, and yes, even though not everything that we see uh, is uh, partisan, sometimes it, it really doesn't go noticed very often, but Republicans and Democrats, we can find some common consensus, uh, especially as it relates to getting our communities a better share of their economy and, and especially being able to give local governments the ability uh, to manage 
the taxes in a way that can help people. Okay. So, so you know, when uh, carry the bill was supported in both chambers uh, by both parties uh, to have a building facilities authority that now can Henry County can be able to uh, designate an area that either needs to be built, okay, or just to be able to acquire, uh, uh, let's say, uh, you know, several acres to have a, a place whereby you have a nature preserve so that there is no building they can do that uh you know or having a, a building facilities uh so a building facilities authority along with the airport authority the county can now be able to um, have a way to manage its business to business uh, freight and logistics that uh, require uh, any movement of that product through our airports or being able to build it out commercially our area is growing and we can get ahead of that growth by uh, making sure that our county has the authority and has the oversight of the citizens to make sure that it's making the right decisions. Game Changers Magazine, Game Changers Media Network, Voices of the Village podcast. We're going to go to a commercial break. You guys stay tuned. State Rep, El Mahide, HBCU made, <laughs> Morehouse brother, Game Changers Magazine. Ease up. At Star Credit Union, you inspire us to deliver on our promise to do good for our members and our communities. That's why we offer more banking options, like better rates and no hidden fees. We also give back, donating several million dollars to hundreds of nonprofits each year. Better financial lives, stronger communities. That's our focus. Star Credit Union, do good, bank better. Hello, my name is MJ Kim and I'm a partner with Remind. Remind, number one skin and self-care company in South Korea, and we launched in North America in 2023. We offer the world's best cosmeceutical skincare, hair and body care inner beauty products. Today, I would like to show our products with this beautiful young lady here, and also talk about the ground floor opportunities. Well, at Ramon, we also want to let you know that we have 100% vegan-based products that is available for the whole entire family. And this opportunity that we have here, along with these wonderful products, you too can come and be a part of this journey, and you can look wonderful and beautiful like this elevator. But along with that, there is an opportunity for you to earn some passive, residual income from the comforts of your home. My name is Jean Kimson. I've been with this amazing company, Ramon, for about two months. And you know what? My skin is glowing, my pockets are flowing, and this is incredible. You don't want to miss out on a ground floor opportunity. Come on, join us, Ramon. We're the best. Okay, okay. Game Changers Magazine, Game Changers Media Network, Voices of the Village podcast. I'm back with State Rep El Mahide, HBCU made. We love the t-shirt, man. Hey, yeah. Man, absolutely. I'm going to definitely have to give me one myself. Hey, it's all right. All right. Now, we were talking about the state of Henry County and, yeah. you know, the economic development, the taxation, you know, where we're at right now. Let's go into something where, you know, a lot of citizens are, you know, rambling about on social media to talk it, this new bill, SB 22. Well, it's old, but it's, it's old. It's really old. It's yeah, really it's old. People, uh, people are still, people who didn't like the bill okay. are still hung up over it. But it does nothing but move our county to a place where we should be. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a, instead of just hearing all the the hype about it. Okay. Uh, Henry County, this is 
granted, we may have had a very small start right. as a county. Okay. Right now, it is the fastest growing county by the uh, statistics that are offered by the Atlanta Regional Commission, which is a 13-county regional partnership right. uh, that is able to distribute monies to ensure that counties are growing responsibly. And so with Henry County being declared the fastest growing county, okay. at, I think right now we're around maybe 255000 and moving forward. Uh, the system of government, unfortunately, uh, had a, it, it was limited uh, based upon decisions prior that a, uh, the county chair at the time, Tommy Smith, uh, he had, from what I remember, had sued, uh, had filed a lawsuit against not only the county, but also to all the commissioners. So at the time, the state legislature took away his voting power okay. and placed it uh, in the hands of the existing county commissioners. Okay. That was okay to do when you have a small county. But as the county is, again, we are fast approaching a 300,000 mark. And if we have persons who are elected into those seats and get the lion's share of the votes because they run countywide, then that means that one person who's the county ha is able to make the decisions for the county. And to be able to provide that uh, role the, in terms of the chair having an actual authority that really I don't think ever should have been taken away. That's not, that's not how you uh, get a unruly county commissioner. Uh, to, it's not a way that you help them, keep them held responsible. If you want to get them held responsible, you have an election. And every election for every four years, that's how you vote them out. So I don't agree with the legislature taking away that power, but I wasn't there at the time. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are looking at the way it happened. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and in the way that it happened, and um, it kind of like, so let's backtrack. Absolutely. Okay, let's go 2020, 2016 to 2020 was the progressive state of Henry County. You had the district attorney, the first African-American district attorney. You mm -hmm. had the first African-American sheriff. You had first African-American mayors. You had first African-American women commissioners, first African-American state reps. That was a time of historic, game-changing, breaking opportunities mm -hmm. for Henry County. Right. Okay. We walked together. We talked together. I mean, we even marched around the square. We shall overcome. You know the statistics. We were in it together. Mm -hmm. A lot of things developed. And I think that was the progressiveness of Henry County, right? It was It was probably, it was, a, it was definitely a time when more African Americans were able to get elected into um, offices where that had never before seen their presence. Great. All right. So, and, 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 even, and, even, and, and even small business. Yeah. So right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you still have a lot of small businesses. That, when we look at like Henry County... Chamber of Commerce, you know, getting the, you know, number one Chamber of Commerce award. Okay. Uh, it probably uh, over the last two three years probably has had never had as many minority owned businesses in any year prior. All right. So in that in that in that did did do did SC did SB twenty two you know now that we here we arrived mm -hmm. did SB twenty two kind of cause division amongst you know inner party lines like the Democrats against Democrats. You know, no. like, it kind so, of seems so, like a war no. broke out. So the thing is this, right, is okay. that when you have commissioners who have more power 
than they had had prior. Remember, that, that came because okay. that chairman at the time who had sued the county and the commissioners okay. and the legislature, before I ever got elected, right. decided to take away his powers. Okay. Right? okay. Which, again, is, I don't believe is the right way. You, you wait for an election. Correct. But that's just my opinion. Uh, within the county still rules. This is not Mayberry. Right? This county is fast growing. You have to have one person who has to have the final say, which is why other counties don't remove those powers. They okay. also wait for an election. Okay. So this was not a way, when SB 22 was implemented, this was to still have a one person who is the county chair. Right. It's, it's a system of democracy that has always been in place for every county in the state with a population size above 50,000. That's it. Okay. So this doesn't, so restoring that, again, restoring something that never should have been taken in the first place. Okay. It's, yes, it probably it is a, created a bad taste in the mouths of people who had more power than uh, any other county at the time. Because again, counties don't do this. Okay. So when you restore that power, that authority is, doesn't go unchecked. Right. It takes four commissioners to disagree with the chair of the county to override that chairperson. Okay. Okay. So, but they have to actually agree. Right. Now, if they don't agree, then you know who's who's really at fault here. Like. So, so what you're saying is not the policy that's in place. It's the. It's the people. It's the people behind. The it. people have to work together. I'm a Democrat. Okay. Uh, there's no way you can you can check all my votes. Uh, I I vote. Left of center. Okay. But at the same time, I still have to work with Republican colleagues because they're in the majority. And if you want to get something done, you have to get it done. Right. You don't have to compromise your principles, but you can look at the, all the ways in which you can work together okay. and find some way to move ahead on that. Gotcha. And so you have to, I, I, I can't tell commissioners what to do. Um, look, I'm, I'll be 48 in February. Um, I'm still one of the younger uh, state representatives, okay. and I don't think there's any county commissioner who's younger than me. Okay. I don't believe in telling older people what to do. Totally. And that could be a factor as well, you know. And, and, and so we, I totally agree with you on that. Now, we have, a, you know, elections coming up and yeah. the change of the game. It was so going from going from 2016 to 2020 to right. 2024. Right. It was uh, overwhelming thing of working together, pushing people in the office. We got to get us in the office. Oh, yeah. And let me add something else, too. Okay. Because people don't know this, right? Okay. Um, the Because now it wasn't just that particular Senate bill okay. that uh, Senator Emanuel Jones, Senator Brian Strickland passed together. Again, bipartisan bill that, that passed okay. locally. Right. But you also had a board of ethics that was implemented as well. Okay. Because at the time, we wanted to stop there ever being the perception that our local elected officials at the county level would be taking money out of the public expense account and not returning it. That's, that's called slush funds. And you could be prosecuted at very high levels. Well, here's the problem. I'm not saying that they did. Uh -huh. We need to make sure that that law was implemented so okay. that our county would not be seen okay. as a county whereby illegal behaviors uh, are active at the leadership level locally. 
Okay. Because here's what happens, as we saw like with the city of Stonecrest, okay. when its mayor took $660,000 in federal money wow. and, is, and is now no longer there, he's serving time. You know, we didn't want that to be the situation. Okay. While you have a, a, a heavy influx of African Americans who are now in power right. and our county is changing, we, we know, you and I know, we've had to fight uh, these stereotypes right. that are unfounded. Um, that base a county success uh, based upon those who are in office and their culture. I think that's wrong. Right. But the way that you make it right is you don't is you restore the law as it should be. Okay. And then it's okay to make sure that the same level of transparency that is on us as state representatives and state senators right. is also on county officials. When everybody is playing according to the rules of the law then make sure that now our county is seen as a county that follows the rules. Right. And when you have local uh, government okay. that follows the law, what that tells banks in the area is that this is a place where you can invest. Okay. Because banks don't come anywhere where they know that they're going to be fleeced. That's a great point. And so, th th so does that grow to the point where now, now we're talking about leadership, we're talking about policy, and we're talking about education we're talking about yes. taxation growth so so you're saying that this is what drives and this is a part of the mindset of what drives these big businesses like top golf like main event like uh i mean because we're, we're almost stuck in a in a in a paradigm where okay we have the houses we can go out to eat mm -hmm. you know it's great eating in henry county you know what i'm saying but it's like dave and busters <laughs> that's it you know yeah i mean so Aquatic center coming and right we, amphitheater here, but it's the end. You know. So, but here's a, here's what I like. Okay, the county is giving the opportunity to grow, and I think that the, one of the best ways to ensure that the county is growing in the right way, okay, is that you have a level of transparency. Okay. You shine a light. There's an old phrase that uh, light is sometimes the the best disinfectant. Because now you're able to show mm -hmm. where the monies are going. Your people are all held accountable. And that's why if you ask any investor, any bank, okay. uh, any, any, any person or any entity mm -hmm. that invests its capital into the area and wants to see a positive return, okay. they look for uh, the legal rules, the laws to be followed. And they want to make sure that there's a way that uh, everybody can operate at a fair level, that okay. there is not any adverse competition. Okay. And so if we all are playing at that level, then this county can stand to grow in a positive way and the public can be able to have confidence in where that money is going because now they're able to see that you have a board of ethics, that you have a transparency at the state level and at the county level. Okay. You have local citizens who themselves are non-political and they're able to review it. That's how you keep, you fight back with the stereotypes and be able to show that yes, while there's still a growing county and I would still love to see our county, you know, have the have some of the amenities that we would all kind of drive to the north side to have. Okay. But we need to make sure that if we can have a county whereby not only do we have a return to a strong chair uh, who can have 
strong commissioners check the authority of that chair and to have transparency, I don't see how we losing that at all. Man, I am 100% with you, El Mati, Holly. We got to go to a commercial break, okay. man. Game Changers Magazine, Game Changers Media Network. You know, you guys stay tuned. We're talking about the state of the state, here in County, State Real El Mahad. Ease up.